I don't play good enough football that I need to, to hang it up. But, um, you know, I, I still feel like I can, you know, do, some, do enough things to help this team win football games. And um, I'm going to do everything I can to get us back on track. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. And this is Ben's glory days. Uh, and, you know, he's uh, he's playing well, but he's, uh, uh, you know, he threw a couple of interceptions. Uh, but that... Uh, it's a bad decision. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. I mean, you have that on big jobs like this, to quote the late, great Mike Webster. Yeah. Look, the fact of the matter is, and there's a lot of people talking about Ben's post-game comments. Right. And look, there's, in the aftermath of losing and being very disappointed in a game, by golly, you have those moments where you wish, you know, I should have just zipped it. Yeah. But you get, it's, you're human. Yeah. It comes out. And in those moments when you feel a little vulnerable because... I know I let the guys down. That's what you're thinking. Right. You know, it's not I, – I, you know, the fans, yes, too. But the, the fact of the matter is you're thinking about your boys. Right. And you're thinking, I let my guys down. Yeah. If you go back and look at that Teron Johnson, okay, that interception, it changed the whole scope of the game. Right. But if you look at that again, when Juju made that outcut, if Ben had just sat on a heartbeat longer and then gone over the top, and I, I don't know who the next receiver was down because it sucked up the two guys in underneath coverage. Yeah. All right? He'd have been fine. Yeah. You know? I mean, look at look at the throw to um, Juju. That that 19-yarder, right. that was really a 25, 30-yarder based with being, you know, how far he threw it from the pocket and into the end zone. That thing was zinged in there. Yeah. Okay, don't tell me he ain't got enough arm. Yeah. You know, the interception that, um, you know, Levi Wallace got, He first of all, he fouled James uh, James Washington. Right. Okay? That's the first thing about it. The second was he's looking off the safety, and he holds the safety over to the other side, and he throws the ball. And I think he – quite possibly – I think he just got it up in the air, and I, I just wouldn't be surprised if some of the wind drafts up in Rich Stadium or Buffalo Bills Stadium, I'm sorry, I go a long ways back, yeah. caught that ball and float a little bit. That can happen. You know, Josh Allen plays there all the time. Ben yeah. doesn't. There's, right. a, there's a difference. So, yeah. again, you know, I, I'm, I, ain't ma- hey, I ain't making excuses. You either do or you don't. Yeah. And they didn't. But that doesn't mean that they can't. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I want to ask you something. Ask away, my friend. Why have what they... What buffet do you think, uh, huh? Why I'll have, tell you, Golden Corral, yeah, baby. Yeah, Golden Corral. <laughs> what What a... F- have uh, you ever been there? No. You've never been to Golden Corral? We went, we went down in Florida. I'm telling you what, they're fabulous. Yeah. They got all kind of meteries and stuff like that inside. And then, you know, in one sec- section, you got all the desserts. And then another section, you got like salads. You got your eggs. You got your tacos. You know, then you, you got, got some steaks. Ca- oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm telling you what, you go back there and you hit me again. You look like you're playing blackjack in Vegas. Yeah. Hit me again. Hit me again. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it just load up the plate. It's good stuff. I so like it. why what? Were we able to run effectively the first six games, and we are not uh, available to run effectively this uh, the back? Why six are we not games? doing so yeah, well? Yeah, because we don't do it enough. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that stands out in my my brain. First of all, yeah, you know, again to to, to quote Chuck Knoll, you know, he was being blocked. He wasn't being blocked. Right. You know, you got to block people. 
And early on in the game, or I'm sorry, early on in the season, we were blocking people. Right. People were able to, uh, you know, um, be taken off their feet, off the line of scrimmage. They got in the way. Um, there was just a number of things that happened. And I think that the passing game also was reflective of the fact that, you know, Ben and the receivers were all in sync. You know, you look at the difference. Remember that crossing route that Juju ran from the bunch on the right? right? right. And it was like, uh, I don't know, a 17-yard, 20, 20-yard gain. Right. Okay. You look at that. Um, Micah Hyde and, and whoever was covering there, they ran into each other. Right. Okay. Nobody else that picked That was them. a rub route. No, that wasn't wasn't even a pick route. Look at it. They had two verticals, and and the two of them were side by side. Yeah, but the, they but were they were bunched up, and uh, it doesn't matter. The two bills were side by side. Nope, they ran vertical, yeah, and then he just ran in front of them. And, and all they did was they picked each other. Yeah. That's all they did. Yeah, they were and bunched up. I understand, yeah. but the two verticals already left. There was yeah. just the two bills covering Juju. But what was so funny was he just waited until the two of them. Just fell off the coverage, and then you hit him. He hit him in full stride, right. and then he went up the sidelines. Yeah. And that's all. That, the only thing about that that I say is that's connecting and throwing it short and running long. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Well, but you if know, you can't, let me ask, let me just continue this and just say this: if you can't catch the ball, you can't <laughs> run long, right? right? I mean, that's just the bottom line to it. Yeah, and and. The the uh, philosophy of the Steelers' passing game is get to the uh, get the ball to the uh, uh, stars uh, early and let them uh, take off. Well, think about it. It's th- if you're going to go with that philosophy of throw short, run long. Okay, first of all, you got to catch the freaking ball. Right. Okay, that's been a problem. Yeah. All right. Then when you get a problem where you got, if you can't get, do that on first down or second down like that, then it's like you got to throw longer to run longer, right? Yeah. Because now you got second and 10 or you got, you know, third and nine, things like that. That's a problem because if you're trying to throw short to run long and you got to run long because, uh, you know, you drop the pass on first or second down, yeah. it messes up the whole rhythm and timing of what you're trying to sequentially do. Yeah, and uh, you've got to get into a rhythm. And, and you got, you've, got, you've got to not drop the passes. You've got to catch the passes and run. Absolutely. Now, the thing that, that, that creates that disconnect is when you drop the ball, and that's right. what they've had done. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, you know, you can go overboard and start introspection of yourself. And I think, like, with Ben talking about, I got to play better. Well, he's got to play better, but everybody else has got to play better right. surrounding you. You know, I mean, again, if you can't run the ball and you have dropped passes and you're not completing drives, if you're not converting on third down, one of ten. Yeah. Ten per- are you kidding me? Ten percent on third down? Third down. You're never going to win anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, uh, there's just nothing you can do, you yeah. know? Um, again, look at the two interceptions. Yeah, the first one, Ben, that's a bad decision. Right. All right, but he's had that's his first pick six, uh, like in three years or something like that. You'll have that in big jobs like that. It yeah. will happen. The second one, interception, Levi Wallace, guy fouled James Washington, the ball hung up. James, you got a battle for the ball, but you know, yeah, you know, that was not a good throw by Ben. Yeah. So he had an off night. Okay, but I'll still take him over. Just about any other quarterback right. in the NFL. Right, 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 right. You know, yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. Now, the fact of the matter is, we, the bigger problems are what are you going to do when you keep losing people on defense? Right. And you got a lot of people that are hurting. 
Uh, what are you going to do when you're down to your third, fourth guard? Yeah. That's another problem. So That's these right. are issues that uh, you don't have to be solved. So every Williamson, you know, I, I think he played well. I, I, I watched the film. and uh, he, he did play well. He, he was uh, playing well. And but the whole defense did not play well in the second half. Yeah. You know, they did a great job of stuffing up the, the Buffalo offense in the first half. But in the second half, Josh Allen started to get rid of the ball quicker. Yeah. And they converted some third downs. They were third. They were what? Seven of 14. That's 50%. Yeah. And, and I was watching Marcus Allen. And Marcus Allen played well. He did play well. He, You know, Marcus Allen is fast and he... Um, he reads the play fast. The thing I like about him is the fact that he's still growing. I mean, think about this. If you get him in the offseason, yeah. put another 10 pounds on him of muscle, Right. that kid could be something really, really uh, with a lot of bang. Yeah. I mean, you watch him on that one blitz. He came up and he blitzed Josh Allen. It was just nothing but a mo fire coming right. through the B gap. But he rounded it too much, and he's got all this speed. If he really – makes a tight arc as he's running that. Right. He would have lit up Josh Allen and, and maybe uh, gotten a sack. Uh, he would have saved at least two steps, if not three. Yeah. So there's a lot for him to learn, and he's going to learn that. But also the fact that he's just learning the inside linebacker position, which he'd never played before. He was a safety. Yeah. You know, so hopefully that he gets a little more muscularized, he gets a little stronger, but you retain that speed and quickness. And it's kind of you don't remember, um, you know what Tom Brad, Tommy Bradley used to say, Scrap yeah. Bradley. You know, you take the safeties and you make them linebackers, take the linebackers, make them defensive linemen. Right. You know, some linebackers turn into running backs, but you have this great athleticism that you use, and then you let the guys get bigger as, as they grow. Yeah, yeah, you know? and and Camp Sutton played well yesterday. He, uh, yes, yeah, he played he played well in Buffalo. Yeah, uh, in the second half, um, not so much as the whole defense didn't play so much. But Cam right. broke up uh, a couple of passes. He right. had an interception. That was a great pick. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That reaction off of uh, Dawson Knox. And then How he, about that? The ball pops straight up in the air, and he intercepts it. Yeah, and, and the, uh, blitzing, he uh, tackled Josh Allen. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, I can't specifically remember it, but the fact was, again, in the first half, they were able to get to Josh Allen. Josh Allen started getting rid of the ball quicker in the second half. They weren't able to, you know, do as much damage that wise. And the other thing about it is the defense just I think they got tired. Yeah. Because if you're out there, like the Buffalo offense was out there for over thirty five minutes, um, and you're out there as an offense only twenty four or so, uh, you got you got issues. You got problems. Yeah, and and they gotta run sprints after practice. <laughs> I don't think that anybody's running sprints anymore. It seems like uh, a long time ago since anybody was doing that. So when when we used to run 350s, we were sucking uh, air. But we didn't run them during the season, though. Yeah, you know, but we, only... we, we did uh, 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 gassers during the season. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Well, they would have the Tuesdays, but Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays, that's all pad work. Yeah. We didn't run on those days and except we, the stairs. We ran stadium oh, steps. Those stunk. I hated that. Yeah. You know, there was something about running the 600 section that was just, that was brutal. That was lung. It was just a, a lung. Uh, it just killed your lungs, man. Right. You know, your, your lungs would be on fire. Yeah. 
And uh, then we had, remember when we ran the ramps up there? Oh, that was yeah, just terrible. Yeah, we, we ran the ramps, and uh, uh, the elevator would come on, and we'd take it downstairs. Walt Evans would hold the elevator. Yeah. You'd, you'd run right into the elevator, and then it would take you straight down to the top floor, and then you'd, the elevator door would open, and then you'd go out running. Yeah. It, was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was unmerciful. Yeah, and uh, we... <laughs> We we did uh, run sprints, and, uh, you know, on Tuesday, we ran gassers. Well, Tuesday was that first half of the decade was, like, on your own recognizance. Right. Then it became, now we got walkthrough. Then the walkthrough became, like, practice in shorts and T-shirts. And then we went, and then we we got, went for our hurry-up offense. Oh, and that was like, okay, that's, that's not the way to do this. And yeah. then we ran the gassers. Also, and it was tough. It was a different, different time of football, man. Yeah, but uh, we weren't. We were not ever. We were always in shape. We were always in shape, but it's still. <laughs> it was a lung locker. Yeah, and when you, uh, uh, when you, uh, when we were playing at Cleveland, you had, you said, "Tunch, have you seen my legs?" <laughs> I couldn't feel them. Yeah. They were gone. Yeah. Let's see. I wonder why. All right, let's take a break, Jalouch. He's uh, Wolf Tunch. You're in a locker room, and we'll be back after this. Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, you know, Mike Tomlin was talking about uh, uh, we have uh, uh, plays and uh, we're going to run them. Uh, well, here's the whole point he's talking about. You got defensive guys. Right. You got to go with the game plan. Yeah. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're going to you're not going to change the game plan. Right. You You've got people that you need obviously they they're disappearing yeah okay i mean you got you had devin bush bud dupree robert splain vince williams joe hayden and then alex Smith missed yeah. some time too now what i'm interested today and of course we've got the mike tomlin press conference coming right. up following our show right uh also though is what was going on with alex highsmith right you know i mean he kept going out looked like his ankle or he, something it, it, it looked like his heel well, there was something, yeah, ankle, heel, whatever. There was a foot thing going on. Yeah. He made a great play down around the, uh, their own two-yard line when he stuffed the guy and held, and that was a big play in, in holding the Bills to a field goal yeah. when they were down there. But, um, you know, I'm wondering what's going on with him. So that's something that needs to be answered, and, of course, part of the, the, the whole question is um, how many guys can you drop from that Top rate defense and yeah. still let it be a top rate defense. Oh man, and uh, you know Devin Bush is out, Bud Dupree is out. Uh, 
Yeah, Vince Spillane Williams Vince is odds. Now, Vince, I think Vince is going to be back at some point, hopefully, and Joe Hayden, too. Yeah. Joe Hayden would have been so huge to have there because of the fact they we the Steelers never found a real answer for Stephon Diggs because Diggs just lit him up in the second half. Yeah, yeah. You know, you think about it. Uh, the Bills only converted two of seven uh, third-down conversions in the first half, but five of seven in the second half. Diggs had 130 yards, but – Almost 100 yards of it came in the second half. Yeah. So all these things were starting to pile up in that second half. And I'm just wondering what, you know, if Vince is there, if Joe Hayden's there. Right. Um, how much better that could have been. Uh, the fact of the matter is Alex Highsmith, it, is is it enough that it's hindering him from right. being able to, you know, do the things he needs to do out there? So, again, you've got – they've – they signed uh, what Cassius Marsh, yeah, who was a fourth round draft pick back in 014. Yeah, and uh, Ola Adenihi, uh is playing. Yeah, he played also. Um, not a whole lot happened there. Yeah, but uh, I'm just hoping that Alex Highsmith is uh, okay, and so we're going to find out that I would su- surmise anyhow from the press conference, right? Because. Regardless of what you say about the next man up, and that's a mantra that you've got to make sure the guys are buying into. Next man up, next man up. Exactly. But, you know, as well as I do. Um, yeah. When you went down, the next man up was somebody else, and that somebody else was not as good as you. Right. And that's part of the problem. Right. You you know, mentally, you can sit there and acquiesce to the fact, yeah, it's the next man up, and I believe in that, and if I'm the next man up, I want to believe that I'm stepping up and going to do the job equal to the guy in front of me. But then if I was as good as the guy in front of me, uh, probably I would have been there already. Right. And so there's the, there's the, the conflict of the two realities. You know, one is the one that you want to impose on the guys. Yeah. And the other one is the reality of that's the way it is, is, you know, um, if you were as good as the guy ahead of you, you might have already been playing. Right. So yeah. regardless of that, um, they've got to come to some sort of uh, – un- well, they already have. Uh, that's why they signed the the uh, Cassius Marsh. Yeah. Um, the bigger now the other part of that too is on the flip side, where it it looks like Derwin Gray is going to have to step yeah. up and be the guy. I'm I'm excited about Derwin Gray playing. Well, I I was more excited about Kevin Dotson playing. Yeah. And I think Derwin Gray's a big body, he's a strong guy, yeah. and, and hopefully punches he can be well. The answer. Right, right. But uh, if. <sighs> You watch, he does not run like Kevin Dotson. Kevin Dotson on the traps. I was excited. Here's my big thing about Kevin Dotson. Number one, of course, he's he's a capable pass protector. His run blocking was excellent. Um, his trapping, though, was what I thought could help yeah. the Steelers. Because Matt Filer, I love Matt. Matt's an excellent player. I, uh, you know, And I've gone and said before, I think he's a better tackle than guard. Yeah. But, but he, he, the, he, the pulling, he when he posts, pulls. Yeah. Yeah. When he pulls, he, 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 uh, you're 6'6". Guys can get under you. Yeah. You know how it is. Yeah. When we trapped. All right, guys can't get under us because yeah. we're already short. We're already short. <laughs> we're close to the ground. So anyhow. When, when we uh, uh, played Dallas Cowboys, we sprint up to the line and uh, we that that we wanted to they th- to think uh, we were short. Right, exactly. It was too tall. Too tall. Jones yeah. was six nine. I trapped him. I mean, he couldn't get under me. Yeah, he couldn't get under me if he got on his knees. You know, what I mean, he was that tall. Um, so you you have these, you know, 
that's what I in my mind. That's what I was I was hoping you know, with Kevin. Okay, if you could able to play Kevin, you can start that trapping game yeah. and get those traps so that you get create separation. Now the one thing again, I go back to, and I still have hopes of. You know, again, it was only one padded practice they, right. that they had, but I saw elements in this last game at Buffalo of people moving people. They moved some people at the point of attack. Hey, I'm not Pollyannish. It's not wasn't an overabundance, but the fact that this offensive line can play physical and get the job done, but they've got to. Yeah, and and you one thing that you got to do is every day you got to uh, practice run running the ball. Well, yes, and but I think I'm in terms of the offensive line. What I'm speaking of is what we used to do, right, all the time. And and I understand. See, the problem is you got this new NFL with the CBA yeah. that takes so much power away from the head coaches. Yeah, you a coach knows what your guys need. Yeah, you know what I mean. Be it more pads, less pads. Okay, but that should be open to them and to be restricted as much as they are. And the problem that comes from it, when you get away from having padded practices, your pad level in the game keeps going higher and higher and higher. And if Chris Collinsworth, a wide receiver, can sit there and say, you know what, you look at the Steelers' offensive line and their pad level is too high. Okay, if he knows it, everybody knows knows it. it. Yeah, when, uh, you know, if I was Mike Tomlin, I would uh, get the team together, and I said, we're going to practice in pads this week. Oh, absolutely. Don't complain to the NFLPA. Well, here's the thing about it. If you got 13 in 16 weeks, all right, I, I got to believe you've got a, a handful of padded practices right. left. Yeah. And I think, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, they're tired. No, listen, the mind can do amazing things yeah. when you need to call upon it. The mind can override the body. Yeah. Chuck talked preached that to us daily. Yeah. And the fact was, when you understood what he was talking about, he was absolutely right. Right. You can override the needs of the body with what you do with your mind. And I, I truly believe that that's part Will of Will your things. body. Yes, Will exactly. your body. He used to say it all the time. Yeah. And you remember, starting in training camp, you had to. Yeah. You couldn't survive six or seven weeks of two-a-days and, and, and heavy-thumping practices every single freaking day. Yeah. You know, unless you were able to override your body's desire to not do it, to, yeah. to want to rest, you know, to just lay there. But, you know, we did it. And that's one of the things I, I look at this and go, hey, you know, we used to go 20 weeks three times a week padded right. practices. You yeah. know, there was no, in the first half of the decade or first three quarters of our career, there was no bye week. Yeah. You know, so you you understood, you you got it done, and that's how it was done. Now, I know this is a more enlightened NFL. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, they, it's, I, and I believe, that, yeah, you want to make the game better as much as possible. But, again, when you go away from the padded practices, right. you continually have to, um, reassess the pad level of your players. And right now, I really think that just one padded practice showed me a little spark right. on that offensive line of being able to do a better job of being playing physically. Well, we got to practice uh, uh, run the ball uh, every day. Well, yeah, and, and they do. Uh, but here's the thing about it. You can't practice pad level without pads on. Right. I mean, that's the the, the simplest part of, of trying to decipher this whole mess is you cannot simulate your pad level unless you put those pads on. Because right. Because inevitably, 
you start to take it easy because you don't want to bang bare shoulder against bare shoulder right. or helmet against bare shoulder or anything like that where you can mess, you know, hurt somebody. And uh, the, the fact is pads is the only way to that they're there to protect you. What's the fine if you uh, <laughs> practice uh, pads? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know. There's no fine as long as you don't overdo it. You know what I mean? Before you – if you've got 13 to cover 16 weeks. Right. Uh, there's no fine if you stay within the 13. Yeah, yeah. I said, you know, they they haven't uh, practiced uh, in pads many times. No. So that they they are uh, their their freedom uh, to practice pads. Well, here, the whole thing is, yeah, they've got as I said, they I would think they've got to have a handful of, if not a number of padded practices right. that they can institute and go with. Just the mere putting on of the pads creates in guys an awareness level of playing with more of a yeah. lower pad level, and because it, you're you you don't come off high and waltz right to do ch- belly bumps. That's not something that you practice. You know, you're aware of it because you got the pads on. So just saying that in and of itself does help in a way. But, no, I, I think, you know, in practice, we practice the fundamentals. Right. You know, and you cannot move somebody uh, in, in in sweats like you do when you put the pads on. Right, yeah, and they, and they don't practice fundamentals. <laughs> well, it's hard to. When you don't have yeah. pads on, it's very hard to practice the fundamentals. You can break it down and do drills. But drills are just part and parcel of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's not – you can practice a jab and a cross and a hook yeah. and an uppercut over and over. You can practice the defense of, of patting the jab, of rolling with – shoulder roll on the cross, the uppercut, all right, rolling elbow in covers, all those things, right? But when you put them together – in a sparring session, yeah, that's where you start to learn how to react on real time, right? And, and you can—that's that's something that they've taken away from the players so yeah, much. Yeah, and uh, th- 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 it's sad. It's well, sad. It, the whole, not only is it sad, I think it's detrimental to the game. Yeah, you know, I mean, look at Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh started the whole no pads craze, right? Yeah. But he still put him in the pads for 20 minutes, the first 20 minutes of practice. Wednesday. He's, yeah, because he still had some hitting and, that he wanted to do. And they, and they, they didn't wear helmets on uh, Friday. They wear hats. Yeah, well, that, yeah, whatever with that. But the fact is he still believed in, you know, having some of the pads. And so, you know, when I was in Green Bay, Mike Holmgren uh, had us a – and pads the first hour of practice. Right. And so we uh You have the we, pads on, we you ran keep them on and then yeah, you take them off. Yeah, we ran block. Yeah. yeah. And it's because you have to make sure that you have the low pad level. Yeah. You know, and it's just so unfortunate that it seems like uh that's part of the game that's going on on the by, you know, by the way. And uh, you know, you don't see the great offensive lines of today like there used to be yeah. back in the day because of the fact that uh, they don't play with the They same don't come st- off the ball. Well, they don't, you know, and that's a fact of the matter. And, but, they, uh, and they, they, uh, they... I'll tell you when they come off the ball, baby, is when you go to a nice good buffet. That's Now, yeah. now that's when we used to really get hungrified. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, we go out as an offensive line. We go out and, you know, you get some good barbecue and all kinds of good stuff. Right. I'll love that. Uh, and I miss that. Chinese food. <laughs> And Japanese food. 
at sushi. <laughs> Whatever was available, we went after it, that's for sure. All right. Well, we got the great Bob Labriola coming up at the top of the hour. Yeah. We'll be back with more. I don't know if the call is 412-919-1316. We're, we're loaded up with calls. We'll, we got calls. We'll be back with more. It's Tunch and Wolf in the locker room. We'll be back after this. Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's what? your fascination with the doors? I, you know, the... No, just tell me, Jim Morrison. Yeah. Okay? What's your fascination with him? Well, I, I, I like the music. You like the music? Yeah. Okay, that's it. Yeah. All right, you know, you know Jim Morrison was... Not yeah. really a nice guy. Yeah, he was uh, uh, whacked. Okay. Yeah. Right. I was just wondering what your fascination was with the Doors, and okay, you just like the music. Yeah, okay. you know, he, he, when the, the end, he said, uh, <laughs> we, we, we can't talk about it. <laughs> All right, here All we right. go. All right, let's go to the phones. Brad in Hermitage, Pennsylvania. Brad, welcome to the locker room. Happy Pennsylvania COVID quarantine 2.0, the Christmas edition. Yeah. How about that? Tunch, first off, our, our prayers are with you, Tunch. Stay thank, strong. Thank you. God um, love you, buddy. Go uh, ahead. First, I want to give a couple shout-outs. Dan in Florida. Yep. Uh, about six weeks ago, he put all of us listeners into the Dirty Dozen. I appreciate for that. <laughs> uh, Sam in Napa. I was out there in uh, two weeks in Napa at the beginning of the summer, and then Odesco. I was working at a power plant in Long Beach and in Huntington Beach all summer. And, of course, I got to apologize to them, too, because for three and a half months or so, I was the biggest Steeler fan in California. <laughs> and then, all well, right. well, if your answer to the short beach, I'd go with Sunset Beach. It's only about a three-quarters of a mile compared to those other two beaches there. Really? Now tell me the difference between Short Beach and Sunset Beach. Long Beach. Well, Sunset Beach was about three-quarters of a mile. Long Beach is pretty long. I didn't get over to that one, but okay. uh, Huntington Beach is about three miles long. Oh, really? I was riding up and down all summer on the weekend. You know, I, I can't believe how nice it is out there. We went, was it Santa Monica we were out there? Yeah. Okay, before the 49ers game, I think it was. Yeah. And we were overlooking the beach there in Santa Monica, and it was gorgeous. Right. It was so nice. They had the big Ferris yeah, wheel and stuff. Yeah, one of my favorites. Oh, my goodness. That was just so nice. I can see why California, if it wasn't so crazy out there, California would be a great place to go. But uh, I don't know. that. You know, it's like Archie Bunker said. There's two, the, the, the fruits out in California are nuttier and the nuts are fruitier. You know? Archie Bunker knew what it was all like. <laughs> So okay, go ahead. What do we got? And my last, my last 
my last shout out is to the OG of callers, CR in Chicago. He's been calling into the into the show before the Dirty Dozen was even a six pack. That's I've been true. That long, so shout out to him. Very good. And then indeed. one name drop I got to give to you, Wolf. Okay. Back in the early '80s, uh, I was in high school. My mom comes up to me. She worked up in Mercer at a campground. She said her coworker had a son in a band. And she asked me if I ever heard of this person, Pat Benatar. No way. Seriously. Yeah. Most of the band members are from Youngstown. From Pat Benatar. No, really? Yeah. No kidding. I thought Pat Benatar yeah, was well, think, the band members. Or, well, I thought Pat I was from New Jersey or something. In California. Say again? Yeah, I think she's from somewhere else. I think they all hooked up in California and became a band out there, but... Most of the band members were from Youngstown. That's funny. That's awesome. That's right. I like that. A brush with greatness. That works great. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> I got, man. I got an album signed by her and the whole band that traveled all around the world with them on their first tour. Oh, really? Oh, Brad. You, 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 do I, are you a musician, or do you, are you part of the, the, the crew, or what? No, no. No, I just uh, I got the... Um, the drummer's brother-in-law that was also the mom. Uh, he got me the album from oh, okay. uh, the drummer. They took on. Oh, okay. Okay. I the one you. thing I'm gonna talk about is the skills are getting beat up. Um, from from the very beginning with all this COVID and mm-hmm. changing of the schedule, I think the NFL really dropped the ball. Yeah. Uh, they had six months to figure out how they're gonna handle this thing, and they didn't come up with a good plan. I think if they would have put in two extra bye weeks, had Five weeks on five, ten, fifteen. Everybody off, and then they would have time to play the the teams that needed to make up a game during those weeks. And if they didn't have any games going, they could have like rolled a guy a couple games from week four, nine, or fourteen over into those weeks. So they still would have football in those weeks. So players would have two extra weeks off. It's NFL interesting. would have had two extra weeks of. Uh, but here's here's my problem. The lesser disciplined teams are still the lesser disciplined teams, and when you have Raiders showing up at a social function, yeah, uh, when you have you know players that are meeting outside the the boundaries that were they're limited to, and I and I think your plan is good, it has great merit, but the problem is not everybody was buying into the exact the strict, you know, quarantining that the NFL was promoting at that time. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I, I think that there was no, uh, uh, you know, there, there was no uh, f- uh, factors and uh, no forfeits. Yeah, well, th- exactly. There was yeah. no real consequence to their, their malfeasance, shall we say. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then the Steelers are the ones that got the brunt of it. Yes. They're the ones getting hurt by it. That's the problem. Yeah, I got you. You know, I, and I thought that from the get-go. Look, if the consequence was you got to forfeit a game and a game check. Baltimore should have forfeited. Well, here's the whole thing. Started back with Tennessee. Yeah. You know, I mean, if there was a forfeiture of a game and, and a player check, I think guys would buy into, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm staying strictly by the quarantining. I ain't going nowhere. I'm masking up. I'm doing all that stuff. That The, the fact that there were no consequences, I think, um, you know, or at least not near as severe as they could have been, uh, I think that led to a lot of loose well, behavior. Well, Labs came on. up with the perfect solution for that. What's that? Labs came up with the perfect solution. He said, 
you do a forfeit, and the forfeiting team pays the salary of the other team, <laughs> and I guarantee you the owners would. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, that... owners would have been more. No doubt about it, brother. I mean, no, I think that that would have been a great solution. You got anything else, my friend? No, just uh, keep going. Are you guys gonna be on all week next week or no? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just like bad breath in the morning, we'll be right, back, cool. God willing. All right? All right. <laughs> All right, Brad. Thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate you. We'll we'll talk to you next time. All, All right. right. Numbers 412-919-1316. Let's go to Mario in New Jersey. Mario, how are you? Uh, how are you doing? Doing fabulous. Mario, have you ever heard or run into the New Jersey devil out there? It's like a Sasquatch in Jersey. No, I never ran into that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering, you know, the conspiracist in me just likes to find these things out, you know? Uh, yeah, I am from New Jersey, but I also used to listen to you from Arizona when you guys were part of that. Gotcha. And, uh, I guess they were playing the Super Bowl there, and then I attacked you here. So. <laughs> All right. So you're, a, you're, you're from Arizona? Mario? No, I'm from New Jersey. Oh. I moved out there for a little bit, and I. And you did, couldn't stand the weather, huh? I had to get back to that New Jersey weather. I love the weather. It's just <laughs> jobs, jobs, you know, things like that. I love the weather. My daughter's out there. Oh, cool. Oh, there's great hiking out there. Yeah, my brother lives out there, out in yeah, Arizona. We, we still coyote fans for hockey, so. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, what do you got, Mario? I, I threw you a curve asking you about the New Jersey Devil, but these are these are the things no, that inquiring no, no, no. minds want to know. You know what I mean? The Coyote fans. One other, one big question: Why can't we do any trickery in a, in a, in offense? I mean, is Ben Ben's not old? And Ben's still young. I mean, he's still young too. I think he should still do it. Get some trickery going on, like like you know. Well, play in there because we keep losing all these um, uh, defense. Okay, we keep losing all these defensive people. So let's do a trickery in offense, and maybe they can make up for all that. So well, you know, with we we've got jet sweeps. Well, and we've reverses. kind of put those we put yeah. those on the shelf yeah. for a while. Now they just came back the last game. They ran right. one with uh, Chase Claypool. The fact Chase of the matter Claypool, is, yeah, 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 you know, my whole thing is. You can't rely on trickeration too much. The jet sweeps I like. Right. But here's what I like. I like how they set things up so that when you fake a jet sweep, you can hand off and go on a cutback or wham with somebody. Yeah. Do things of that nature. Give that eye candy, which I don't know why we don't – we stopped doing that for a while. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing uh, – Or there was lesser of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we The jet sweeps and the reverses – are great. Well, and the motions. Just yeah. the motions create some indecision and create some parameters that a defense has to adjust to right. and make sure that they have calls uh, adjusting to whatever motion strength you're going to. And I don't know why we kind of stopped doing that. Yeah, um, and, and, and the defensives uh, uh, become flat-footed. Right. So I, that's what we're wondering. You yeah. know what I mean? Part of the problem this whole COVID thing has created is the lack of access to the players and to the coaches that we normally used to have. Yeah. You know, being able to talk things over and that sort of stuff or, you know, get a little bit, uh, a little, little question and, uh, you know, uh, out at the practice field. So that's unfortunate. 
You know, last night Mayfield uh, did one with Landry, and they look at look at all the points they put up the whole uh, the whole game forty four Wow. Right. I know. I'm. I, you talking about last night's game with uh, the the Ravens and yeah. the Browns? Yeah. 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 I'm gonna go watch that this afternoon. I the old man and me couldn't hang. Yeah. And I, had, I fell asleep. I I watched the first half. So, but I here's the thing about it. I'm not. I'm just not the biggest fan of too much trickeration. I like some, and I like gadgetration too. You know, gadgetration right. and trickeration are kind of elementally different, but similar in in, in verbiage and in results. <laughs> so, my, my biggest thing is again, one of the things you need most of all is the ability to run and and have power football, right. and that's just something that um, we just don't excel at. You got to come off the ball. Yeah. So. Yep. Anything else, Thank Mario? You. That's all I got. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much, and be on the lookout for the New Jersey Devil, I'm telling yeah. you. All right, Mario, <laughs> we're going to take a break. Four minutes. No. Okay. We, do we got time for another phone call? Yeah, let's take another phone call. Who do we got? Uh, Marcus in Alabama. Marcus in Alabama. You're in the locker room. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how y'all doing this morning? <laughs> we're doing fine. How you doing? I'm doing great. I don't know if you remember me. I'm the one that was telling you about the barbecue bologna in Tennessee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're speaking the love language, food. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, I've been wanting to talk to you guys about what y'all been saying about the practices for a while. You know, it seems like everything has been watered down nowadays. I've been practicing martial arts for about 25 years. Mm-hmm. But when I started, you know, years ago, you know, the practices were different. You know, we'd be on bare cold floors, a whole lot of different things. Right. The contact was different, you know. And now I'm an instructor. You know, I've, I've got my own dojang here in Alabama. And uh, What style do you, you practice, know, you if I may ask? Uh, Shandaquan Taekwondo, Shandaquan style. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Very yes, good. Sir. And, uh, and uh, well, you know, I, I, we can't teach the way we were taught. No. Because, you know, of lawsuits and different things of right. that nature, you know, it's like everything is a watered-down version of the way it used to be. Right. So you don't have the quality of students or, you know, as you guys say, the quality of players that you had back in the day because of, you know, the way we practice. And so, you know, True. I got to agree with you guys 100% on what you guys are saying. But I, there's nothing you can do about it, I don't guess, is it? No, you know, the funny part was I remember a number of years ago when I walked into the one of the uh, the training halls I was at, and um, I remember one of my buddies, Jack Wicker, he's an old-time karateka, you yeah. know, the, the karatekas as they call them. And he's taping up his knuckles, and he said, uh, I said, what are you doing, Jack? And he says, uh, I'm going to show you uh, how we used to do it back in the day. He said, uh, we used to spar bare knuckle. And yeah, was, that was a thumper of a session. You know, and and and, and you know, I, I I hit him in the chest uh, with bare knuckles, and he and he collapsed. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. So there you go. There you go. I mean, it's not like it used to be. No, sir. But thank you guys for taking my call. Y'all have a wonderful day. Marcus. Thank, thank you so much. God, you. God bless, Thank bro. Thank you, Marcus. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, we're we're, yeah, we're going to go to break. We're going to go uh, to break. It's funny because, you know, Mark is just talking about the fact that uh, things change, you know, yeah. whether it was, you know, uh, pract- uh, the uh, the martial arts workouts over the years or the fact that football has yeah. changed. And you just do not have the same sort of physicality present in today's players as you did back then. Yeah, and they don't want you to headbutt. Well, that's – 
you know, part of it. Um, and the rest of it too is it's about taking care of their bodies, you know, yeah. and they won't. They just don't practice. They, they don't just want you to head back. Just think if they somebody ran down the field and cut one of the guys like they did back in the day. Do you remember when Webby cut Lauren Tate? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we, we used to cut. Well, yeah. yeah. I, you know, it's, it, it's crazy when you think about it. But, you know, it was so funny because I remember uh, when I was talking to uh, um, the big Ragu, Ramon Foster. Remember when Ragu whiffed on the on the heavy bag right. when he went to cut the heavy bag? <laughs> Yeah. If you could have seen that, Jacob, he went thundering by 350 pounds. He got air and he whiffed the heavy bag. And yeah. I remember when he just face planted and you and I were looking at each other. We went, how'd that happen? <laughs> how do you miss a bag that's just standing there? Anyhow, let's All go right. to break, Jalooch. We're going to go to break and Bob Labs is uh, coming up uh, after the break. Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room. And uh, join us is uh, ba- Bob Labriola uh, working for Steelers Digest and uh, everything Steelers. He's uh, got a hand in. And uh, Steelers Radio Network, and he's uh, he does a great job uh, interviewing Mike Tomlin uh, for the pregame show. And uh, uh, hey, uh, Labs, how you doing? Well, Punch, first of all, thanks for reading that script exactly the way I wrote it. <laughs> He'll expect a check um, in the mail, right? <laughs> no, no check in the mail. <laughs> just, just get a thanks. Uh, I'm doing okay. I mean, uh, I haven't heard... I haven't gotten any phone calls about uh, putting on pads and playing in the offensive line this week. So <laughs> that's um, good. I huh? guess we're not that desperate yet, but um, I don't know. Uh, labs, labs. When you were interviewing Mike Tomlin, uh, you asked uh, uh, the uh, question about uh, the men going off uh, headbutting and uh, uh, coming off the ball, and you you cited Wolf and I. Yeah. Uh, because uh, that we would be, we said that there's no more of that. Well, I mean, I because if he thought it was a stupid question, I, mean, <laughs> I, think I came up with it myself. Um, but I mean, that's what you guys always say. I, you know, and I, right. I defer to your expertise in that kind of thing. You know, the, the it's interesting because he really didn't even address that. Yeah. You know, he just wanted to talk about uh, some of the other aspects of it. Now, I understand that. I mean, it's it's difficult. But here, the thing I would say, Labs, one of the things I find so interesting is he went back to 
padded practice on a Friday, which I thought was interesting. And I did, in my mind, I went back and I watched whole tape yesterday and just really tried to break down a lot of the running schemes. And one of the things that I'm somewhat optimistic about is we saw a little better pad level right. and saw some guys finishing blocks, even though we're down to, what, our fourth left guard now? So yeah. uh, that's yeah, that's unfortunate. I, yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I, I'm i not um, trying to, you know, demean any of the players no. who look like they may be in the lineup on Monday night in Cincinnati, but I do believe, and this is true with any NFL team, you reach a point where, you know, the next man up thing and, you know, all of that stuff, I, I get it. That's a catchphrase. You, That's what you want to say to your team. You don't want them to think that you're panicking or giving up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want them to believe that you can, that they can step in and do the job, and you want their teammates to believe that they can step in and do the job. But come on. I mean, you get, the, like you said, the fourth left guard. The fourth left guard can't be as good as the starter or the second guy, or he would be the starter, right. you know, or right. the second guy. And so, you know, I just think, and this happens, to, this is true for all football teams, and it has happened to the Steelers before. You just reach, uh, you know, I call it critical mass, where, hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, you just, there's, there's too many holes in the ship. I mean, you just you run out of fingers to plug the dike or whatever other uh, stupid analogy I can come up with here off the top of my head. Uh, so, you know, I, I get what you're saying, and uh, hopefully, you know, whoever is on the field uh, starting Monday night, you know, in Cincinnati continues with the better pad level and finishing their blocks and stuff. But I just think people have to be realistic yeah. you know, about the expectations for what those guys actually can do. Yeah. Uh, and Labs, uh, when in answer, uh, asked and answered, uh, you had a guy uh, ask a question uh, about the Lambert and Myron Cope uh, video uh, about the uh, uh, Raging Rapids. Ro- yeah. And uh, did you watch that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember it from, you know, I am old. It was 85. So, mm-hmm. you know, in 1985, I was. Um, you know, I was even old enough to drink then, so um, <laughs> I, I remembered being on television at the time. Uh, now, as I told the guy, it's on YouTube. I mean, people can just go. What I would suggest you go to Google and you type in what I what I had in that answer. Just type in uh, Myron Cope, Jack Lambert, Kennywood, and hit enter, and they all come up. Yeah, and uh, I watched them. You know, the, and the photo that's. Um, in asked and answer, a screen screen grab from the video. Um, Lambert has a helmet full of water from the raging rapids. Yeah, right. and Cope had, had just said, "I'm glad I brought my terrible towel," and he's kind of dabbing the water off his face. And Lambert's line is something to the effect of "Me too, Myron," and he dumps a big helmet full of water on his face. <laughs> uh, I love that. Here's, a, here's an interesting, um, you know, and this was in Cope's book Double Yoy when they were filming that. Um, you know, Lambert uh, was being typical Lambert, you know, and you guys know him, so right. I don't think I'm breaking any ground here. But he was complaining about all the takes they had to do <laughs> and how the water was cold and, you know, they were soaking wet and all of that stuff. And Cope finally just turned to him and said, hey, and he always called him Splat. He said, hey, Splat, quit your beefing. This is easy money. <laughs> I'm sure they each got a decent check for yeah. that. Um but, um, yeah, 
You know, that, fun times. You love that about Cope. You yeah. know what I mean? One oh, of the yeah, right. about, you know, My, Myron would turn to anybody and say anything. Yeah. You know, regardless. His size did not matter. Yeah. Well, and the other thing was, I mean, you know, Lambert uh, is, is, is someone who appreciates, you know, the value of uh, zeros on a check. Yes. And so I'm sure that that uh, resonated with him as it would with anyone. <laughs> you know, this is easy money riding down this stupid thing, getting a little wet. Sure beats, um, I don't know, going against the Raiders for 60 minutes on that uh, green, furry concrete at Three Rivers Stadium. You, you ain't kidding, man. Now, I got to ask you about this because, you know, one of the things that I, I I think we both agree on is, you know, this thing about the, with Juju starting this dancing on the logos yeah. in the fields. Um, you know, the thing that I, I, I agree with you most on, and look, anybody can make anything out of – whatever they want. You know what I mean? As the example I used last night, you know, you can get a chip on your shoulder. Me, merely from Merlin Olsen coming to me in Dallas before a Monday night game way back when, and he said, how are you going to block Randy White? You can't do that. Yeah. And I remember, you think I, you don't think I can, you know I mean? It was just like, you make that a chip and you go out and you, and you play and it can help. But here's the thing about it. The problem that you state and and I think it's significant is you're going to have some sort of altercation end up out on the field beforehand. That could be a problem. Yeah, and when I uh, when I played Reggie White, Bill Parcells came up to me pregame and he said, "Are you going to have any help uh, blocking Reggie White?" And I said, "No." And he goes, "Why not?" I said, "Because Chuck doesn't want me to." Well, and you know, and and then. You know, the whole thing with, you know, Jordan Poyer, I think, was the Bills guy who said, you know, that gave us some, you know, extra motivation or whatever. You know, you know, he didn't say that until after they won. True. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean. You, you know, and so Buffalo's not talking about that at all unless they win. And then in that case, they're they're just chirping a little bit. You know, and that's okay. Sure. I, you know. The victor I, go I, I the spoils, go, I believe you right. said. Exactly. Um, because. You know, as Mike Tyson has famously said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, you know, but I, I just, as I said in the answer, I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff. I acknowledge that I'm an old man. Uh, and so my viewpoint obviously would be tainted by that. But, you know, I, I just don't. Um, for me, I always think about the ambassador. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What That's would the true. ambassador think of me doing something like that on another team's field? Yeah. And um, so, you know, again, I, I – um, No, I think you make an important, right? you know, uh, point of this. Because it really, here's the thing about it, and I, I get that the – afterwards they didn't talk about it, but if you saw that uh, the pregame stuff that Josh Allen did – he was. There were some people that were upset about it. Josh yeah. actually talked to the team members about it. And I look, it's not that big a deal, but it can be made a big deal. Like I said, anything that you want to use as some sort of bulletin board material, you can make. I mean, Heinz Ward made a whole career yeah. out of being a third rounder. You know what I mean? Well, and and here's here you know here's one of my favorite stories. You know about that kind of stuff too. Um, you know in. When the Browns came back into the league for the 1999 season, they requested that, you know, we go there on a Sunday night 
uh, an open Cleveland Browns stadium. First game against the new Browns, you know, big night game, national TV, the Browns and the Steelers. So um, that was the opener. So leading up to that, I guess we were out of training camp already. The Browns contacted Bill Cowher and said they asked for his permission. They explained to him something about what their plan was going to be. You know, they were going to have, you know, Drew Carey, uh, he, he had a big, uh, he had a uh, fairly popular hit. Uh, Cleveland Rocks. Time. Cleveland Rocks. Right, Cleveland yeah. Rocks, right. And so they asked Cower for, if he would mind if instead of announcing, uh, announcing, introducing, excuse me, introducing the Steelers in the pregame, that they could forego that and because they had this big thing playing with Drew Carey, kind of like a, a mini Super Bowl halftime thing. I don't know if you guys were there, but it was, um, yeah. you know. Okay. So Cowher says, absolutely. You know, whatever you guys want to do, that's okay with us. And then in the locker room before the game, he's spitting and screaming, I don't have any respect for you. They won't even announce you before the game. You know, so you know, all that stuff to me is it's gamesmanship. It's okay. Um, and as you said, Wolf, you, a team or a player or a coach or whoever can build it up any way they want. But it has – you never hear, you would never hear about it if – you would have never heard that story if we lost yeah. Yeah. the Browns that day. And you don't hear – and Jordan Poyer isn't saying anything about it if we beat the Bills. No. no. Yeah. Um, now, now, I do agree, though, there could be an altercation. And, you know, um, that, that would be unfortunate. Um, but, you know, as I said, it's not up to me. So what I think really doesn't matter. Juju is a great dancer. He, he he's a great oh, he's dancer. Great. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. You know, Labs. One of the things that really shocked me. You know, I, it's funny. You, you have a different perception when you get further away from the years. But you had a great question that was issued to you about Mike Munchak and about the offensive line and rushing. You know, the five years that Munch spent here. And when you came out and said, go back and and, and reviewed what the Steelers' offense ranked rushing wise. Uh, from 2014 to 2018, and the numbers were 16, 16, 14, 20, and 31. And I went, wow. You know, I mean, right. that, that, it puts things in perspective. Yeah, and, you know, that's people's memory, you know, it becomes, uh, you know, the, the, your, your memories of someone or something become kinder, you know, as time passes. Right. Um, you know, people now don't think Terry Bradshaw ever threw an interception. <laughs> In his life, and I remember clearly yeah. a game I was watching on television with my dad at home. Bob Greasy was uh, the color commentator, and Bradshaw threw this pick, and Greasy's going, "I don't even know what he's looking at. He can't. He must be colorblind." <laughs> you know. So right. And again, he's in the Hall of Fame, and he won four Super Bowls, and his record stands for itself. But the guy wasn't perfect. Right. He wasn't. Right. And so. Um, you know, the, the Munchak thing, and I get it. I mean, I, I, he did a lot of good things here, and I wish he had never left. Right. But this, this narrative of this perception of, you know, we had this great running game when he was there, it's just not true. <laughs> 31st in the NFL, and you do understand, and I didn't want to, you know, continue to belabor the point and right. come off as, you know, uh, disparaging Munchak. 
But that, what was it, 2018 or 2017, it was 31st. You yes. had Pouncey, DeCastro, yes. Ramon, and Al. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what's what's? Uh, how are you 31st? Yeah, you're exactly correct, and I, that's why so, I had to point it out. It was it's significant. You know what that's I mean? That's my job, yeah. Wolf. Bursting bubbles. <laughs> bursting bubbles. Labs, thank you so much for bursting our bubble. We appreciate you, brother. Labs says oh. bursting bubbles and uh, uh, bursting bubbles on the running game. Thank you so much, okay, brother. I'll, appreciate you. All right, I'll. I'll your bubbles about what you what you're both not getting for christmas <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're getting the call all i know right, we're getting right. the call <laughs> thank you brother appreciate you brother all right bye-bye we'll we'll take a break and we'll be back after this slipping away sitting on a pillow waiting for night to fall girl in a dream Sitting on a pillow. This is the night to go to the celebrity ball. Satin and lace, isn't it a pity? Didn't find time to call. Ready or not, gonna make it to the city. This is the night to go to the celebrity ball. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Well, we're back, and uh, we had a lot of fun with Bob Labs. Oh, it's good to talk with Labs, and I think it's remarkable when you consider, you know, everybody talks about, well, Munch, you know, and and rightly so. Great offensive line coach, great offensive lineman. Great player that he was, but as being the answer to all the running game problems, and then you realize, get Zooks, man. I mean, they the best they were was fourteen. Right. The worst was thirty-one. Yeah, you forget. You yeah. you tend to think in terms of oh, everything was great That's back then, and it's not so. Then, yeah. So so let's go to the phone. Cr in Chicago. Cr, welcome to the locker room. Hello, Cr. Actually, how about doing this morning, man? You guys good? Hey, yeah. We just you just tuned in late here. We just got you on. For oh, whatever... no, no, no. I'm talking I about. No, no, no. We're talking about the fact that there was a time lag between when we said hello and when you came on. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. That's the time. Don't get no, defensive, yeah, I'm, I'm... Cr. For crying out loud, what do you? You need some coffee there, buddy. Boy, uh, Wolf, you better get off my back. You better leave me alone, man. I'm not going to send you any more donuts. <laughs> you haven't sent me any donuts you yet. You what haven't are you talking sent about? any donuts. <laughs> you, didn't get the, you didn't get those donuts? Nope, didn't get any oh, donuts from Chicago. I bet you Jacob ate them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, what you got, well, hey, Sierra? Guys, I just want to uh, give a shout-out to our Inside the Locker Room, uh, Baker's Dirty Dozen Plus. Uh, hey, we're up to uh, – uh, uh, 84 people now with, with that latest caller that we just got, uh, uh, Brad. And now, hey, is Brad from? Um, you said he was. I thought he said Her- Hermitage. Uh, uh, Hermitage, PA, I think. Is, yeah, Hermitage. Oh, Hermitage, PA. Well, okay, because Her- Hermitage is a is a like a collection of, of 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 things. It's not a specific place, is it? 
No, it's uh, Hermitage is a town. Okay. It's north of Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah, because he's a first-time caller, so I just want to, uh, you know, make sure he get he get credit for being a part of the 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 the, the crew here. And um, hey, everybody else, don't forget to uh, download the iHeartRadio app on the phone. Uh, steal the next radio on the app inside the locker room on the app. More importantly, you got to call uh, guys at four one two nine one nine one three one six. Hey guys, uh, yesterday uh, there were some really good people on the phone with some real good, some good information, man. Uh, Bishop, uh, Myron, and, and Danny. Uh, these guys are, are, are coming with a, a truckload of, uh, of, of stuff. What, what are your comments about just, you know, the different people across the, the, the country and how, how much information they bring to, to the show? Oh, you know, I, we, we are encouraged by uh, guys calling in and uh, given their opinions. Uh, and uh, w- we-, we love it, uh, CR. The thing that makes this radio program what it is is the fact that it's Steelers Nation. Right. You know, it's not – I try to uh, tell people, listen, it's, this isn't just like me and Tunch sitting here with our opinion. Right. Um, it's about people chiming in whose opinions may be from uh, Adam from Guam or, yeah. you know, you in Chicago, and we got, uh, you know, people to the south, to the north. And that's what it's really all about. It's yeah. about connecting the people of Steelers Nation Unite. and It, it, um, it is about friendship. Yeah, exactly. It's about friendship. And what we love. We yeah. love the Steelers, so. Yeah, and we, and, and we love you guys. Uh, we really do. Hey, uh, don't forget to, to check with Jacob because I said I, I got some information I need you guys to, to get a hold of so we can communicate uh, outside the show. So please do that. Uh, in the meantime, I want to talk about uh, this running game. Uh, it, it's, you know, we've we got three more games to go. And uh, the only team we really got to be concerned about, well, forget about KC because they, they already t- took the lead. But the only other team that we really got to be concerned with is the Bills because they are ten and three, and they could possibly walk out the door with a thirteen and three record. I'm saying that to say this: that uh, I believe what you said about putting the pads on. I believe what you say about, um, you know, how it needs to be done. It can't be done yes uh, c- compared to what we did yesterday, which is in the past. Because as the brother said earlier, uh, you know, it's a whole new show. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, we need to get out there, and I think we just need to practice running. I think we just need to get us a running game. Regardless of the passes and this passes, man, you got to throw a pass past the line of scrimmage, man. I, I I don't get that part of it, but we need to work with that running game because what's going on is that the 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 enemies back in they're coming up to the line and they're just getting right there at the ten ten yards away from from the from the scrimmage line, and that's that's it. So we got to do something about that. What are your comments? Well, my thoughts are are just simply this: you you got to take what the defense gives you, and if the defense right. is going to sit and cover two, then you've got to find the specific applications of what you're trying to do. If it's if you're trying to do the throw short, run long type of thing, here's the thing about it: when um, Deontay came back, okay, uh, dropped a couple passes, found his getting yeah. his, got his butt set on the bench with rightly so. But he came back <laughs> and in the second half, I think he had a catch of five, a catch of seven, then he broke one for seventeen, and that's what the the throw short run long can do for you if you catch the ball first, yeah, and then you're able to break a tackle. Now, as far as th- 
throwing it behind the line of scrimmage. Those are the wide receiver outs, the now routes, the bubble screens that you want to you try to hit because you see somebody coming off the slot and you're trying to outman them at, at that point of attack on the outside. Sometimes they work and work well, and sometimes they don't work so well. But it's not like he's not trying to get the ball down the field at all. They're not throwing it behind the line of scrimmage right. for the purpose of throwing it behind the line of scrimmage. So, you know, uh, CR uh, – when yeah. when you when Ben sees cover two, he runs the ball, and when he sees cover one, one safety, he's throwing the ball. And when he sees cover three, he'll flood the zone and he'll uh, and he he'll run all verticals and uh, launch it. Uh-huh. Now you said uh, Wolf, you, you made a comment. Take what the defense gives you, yeah. but isn't there also things that? Uh, you know, like back in the day, you know, we're going to run the ball and you stop it. You, you know, we're going to But here's, again, here's the problem. If you got eight people in the box, yeah, you're going to have to pass the ball, right? you know, sooner or later. Now, you, there's some things you can do to try to loosen them up a little bit. The counter trap, which we were not running well. Right. You can throw the now route or the bubble screen to the wide receiver or get the, you have the, uh, you know, wide receiver one-on-one on the outside. You got to hit it. Um, but understand whenever you throw the ball, what they're saying is we're going to overwhelm you at the line of scrimmage and get to you before you can get to us. That's what they're saying to you, basically. That, that's right. That's right. And the the, the bear defense uh, uh, can be a problem. Yeah. You know. And so you've got to be able to screen. You got to be able to run a draw. You got to be able to run the counter trap. And if you're not functioning at that level and able to do that. Um, because one of the things we did well against the Bears uh, when they ran the Bear defense, we ran the counter trap. We ran the counter trap. Yeah, we ran traps like crazy on them. And uh, believe you me, the, the traps are not just the explosion part of the lead trapper and the trail guy. It's all the down blocks on the front side right. that seal it. Yeah. Then it's the cutoff well, blocks the- on the back side. So all of this has to work in unison. Do we have the personnel to, to run the trap like you guys used to do? Um, no. Uh, no. Not, not like back in our day, but no. it, it's different now. Uh, one of the things that you have is, see, Matt Filer is a big, strong guy and has great power at the point of attack and has, can do a lot of things. But when he runs and traps, he's very upright, and he doesn't get the knee bend and get the necessary under-and-up explosion that you need. He's not real well-equipped with it. That's why I felt like he was better at tackle than he was at guard. Not that he was a bad guard, but he was, his, his talents are better used at tackle, I feel. That's just my own personal opinion. Well, Kevin Dotson, you watch him. Now, unfortunately, I don't know that you can watch him because we're going to find out today after the program just how bad his shoulder or pec injury is. But the fact of the matter is Kevin Dotson has a natural aptitude to trap. He runs and can get low, and he understands what – You've got to understand what you're looking at when you go to an area to trap. Yeah, but, uh, you know, Wolf and uh, Steve Corson were great athletic and fast, and uh, they dug people out, and they trapped people, and uh, they boned people. Uh, no fullback usage. Uh, what's up with that? I would love the fact that we would use some, uh, get some fullback going here. We paid enough right. money to Derek Watt, and I think the guy is very <laughs> talented, but they've not used him. And that's, you know, for some reason, they say, look, they didn't have a good offseason and be able to ingrate and bring him into the offense and be able to run that to work that stuff. I got to believe at some point in time, 
Uh, you either try it or you don't, you know, and I just wish that they would be able to use a little bit because, you know, some people say, look, if you bring a fullback on, you got to take somebody off. Well, the fact of the matter is when you bring a fullback on, you're not looking to highlight your passing game. You have regular people. You can still do it. Uh, and you but can the fact still met- play action pass. Exactly. And you start to play action and draw those linebackers up. They got to make a commitment to do it. So, hey, guys, right. I don't want to talk too long because people will be dogging me out. All hey, right. Look, you, say, you, say, you say you're going to watch the game. Uh, make sure you watch the game all the way through to the end of the game at the final score. And uh, there's, there's a there's – a, uh, you need to make sure you look at that because the two uh, uh, Cleveland players, they're sitting in seats number eight and seats number nine. You need to check that out. That's very, very important. What's so, okay. Hey, guys, all right. in this house, we are diehard fans. In this house – we are very passionate. In this house, we are still a nation. In this house, we are family. In the meantime, and in COVID-19 between time, at 11 and 2, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. All right. Uh, thank you, CR. We're going to we're, uh, we're gonna take – well, no, we're you not enough time? No, we don't have enough yeah. time? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, and- the fact of the matter is let's explore just in, in the two minutes remaining. Play action pass is yeah. big. Yeah. Here's one of the things, you know, people are saying, well, you know, Ben uh, is only throwing the, you know, the zero to 10 yard stuff. Right. You know, um, the fact is you can't throw the 10 yard to 19 yard stuff or the 10 to 20 yard stuff, what have you, unless you're able to manipulate the linebackers. Right. And and part of that is, and we can talk to the big G about it, the two ball being yeah. able to drop that over. But you can't drop that in unless you start to get those linebackers right. coming up. Yeah. And uh and you can't uh, uh, bring those linebackers up uh, uh, unless you're running the ball effectively. Exactly. And yeah. a fullback tends to bring those linebackers up. Yeah, yeah. And so I still think that you can. there is still a place for it. Um, I don't think that uh, you have to necessarily say you can't do this because you do that. Um, I, I just a fullback offense is still an, a viable offense. Yeah, but we don't run the fullback very often. Well, that's the problem. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, you know, I would love to see more of it. I'd love to see Derek Watt be able to, uh, you know, bleed him out in the flat, throw right. throw the ball to him a little bit. I yeah. know he's capable. Yeah, and uh, and Derek Watt is uh, is a blocker, a big blocker, and then he can go out to the flat yeah, and catch no the ball. No question about it. All right, it's time to break now. Well, we're 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 going to be back. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in a locker room, and we'll be back after this.
Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in a locker room. And let's go to Lincoln in Seattle. Uh, Lincoln, welcome to the locker room. Hey, thank you, brothers. And I hope you're doing all well there, Tunch. And, uh, um... Uh, Wolf there, I was uh, listening to you about the pad level, and I thought you accidentally said uh, pie level. So uh... <laughs> that's I could understand that mistake, knowing yeah. my penchant for Palmer pie, pies and pies. all things pies, yes. <laughs> but um, you guys kind of stole my thunder there. I was wondering <laughs> why we uh, haven't played Derek Watt. I'm kind of missing uh, – Rosie Nix, um, I used to, I know he would get injured, you know, but that would be nice if we had like a tandem there. Uh, if a guy got hurt and a guy would come come in as a fullback, I really think that would help our running game a lot. Um, I get and another thing is uh, maybe they can learn something off of. Uh, he's on the wrong side of this ball, but Mike Hilton, my God, that guy, yeah. He knows how to he knows how to get low and tackle, that's for sure. <laughs> God bless you guys. Yeah. I enjoy your show. Thank you so much. Uh, Jacob's doing a wonderful job there. Love that song before uh, the Who song there. Uh, oh, yeah. What was it? Dog, three Dog Night? We don't uh, give, we don't, uh, well, Three Dog Night uh, celebrate, and uh, yeah. uh, we don't get fooled again. Right. The and Who. Then, any REO yet, David yeah. Cronin? <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. We got to have some. So we got to have he's been, some. He's been he's been overbearing on the on the music stuff. Yeah, Tunch, he's been take, sucking it all up. Hey, thanks, guys. God bless you, brothers. All right, God thanks, bless bro. you, Leah uh, Lincoln. Uh, take care. God bless you, buddy. Uh, Greg in North Carolina. Greg, welcome to the locker hey, room. Hey, guys. Hey, thank you. Enjoy listening to you guys. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the running game, and I'm just curious as to if the loss of Mike Munchak could have a huge impact on this. It just seemed like that he was able to get more from him, or could it have been that it was just Le'Veon Bell and um, what's his name from Carolina? Uh, D'Angelo Williams was actually the difference maker during that time you know the funny thing about it we had bob labriola on right and bob was uh, of course he's the resident historian and under mike munchak's uh, five years here that began with 2014 and ended in 2018 you know we kind of romanticized and thought about yeah you know the russian attack was so great and everything right and then we saw that bob brought up the statistics and we were 16th 16th 14th uh 20 something rather and, and then 30 31 yeah. was the fifth one and it's kind of like you go Really? You know, I mean, we weren't that great in the rushing attack yeah. as what we remembered uh, looking at from from this perspective now. And, again, you go back to, well, you know, Lev Bell had his times, and they were important, but the rushing attack wasn't what we kind of remember it as. You know, you get what I'm saying? Yes. And it just really yeah. kind of changes you. You like go, well, you know what? Hey, you know, the thing about it is – 
it's it's not Mike Munchak, but it's not all about Munchak. Yeah. It's about you know who you have now. The and he had, as Bob pointed out, you know you had uh, Al Villanueva, you had Marquise Pouncey, you had Dave DeCastro as part of that group that, yeah. that uh, were thirty first in rushing. Well. Yeah, I guess the stats doesn't lie, but I'm telling you, we we got to do something to finish uh, well, the season. Well, and I'm full agreement with you. There's no question about it. Right. We, but what I'm saying is we have to remember that Munchak wasn't the answer, too. He's a great coach, yeah. a great player, and a great man. I mean, I got a lot of respect for Mike Munchak, ain't no doubt about it. But the fact of the matter is, when you look at the stats, you go, okay, it wasn't quite what we thought. remembered it as, but that does not lessen the desire right now to reestablish the running attack in a way that we can move forward and get some traction here. So me and Wolf have been talking about uh, the last six weeks, how they, they're not running the ball effectively and they're not practicing uh, running the ball effectively and they're not coming off the ball and they're not uh, putting their hand in the dirt and coming off. So, uh, you know, the, it, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. You know, part of it, I have to believe, has to do with this irregular schedule that is COVID-influenced that's uh, been problematic. I have to believe that the COVID-intensive periods where basically they're, they're just going through walkthroughs. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a problem. You've got – you can't get better at, at – Walk through. No, I mean you get better at walk through by walking through. You get better at padded practices and playing football by wearing pads in practice and playing football. Right. It's just as simple as that. Wow. Hey, just looking at the game last night with the the impact of the running game for both Baltimore and Cleveland mm-hmm. just make you wonder what's what's happening in Pittsburgh. That that they all going through the same situation with right. in regards to the COVID and uh, the limited um, contact practices and so forth. So, um, I'm going to try to know. watch that game tonight. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it last night because the old man in me was exhausted after Sunday night uh, doing the game. So I, I, I checked out early last night. So I will try and watch it and see if we can talk about it tomorrow. Absolutely. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate what you're doing. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. You know, and the fact of the matter is, when we talk about the running game, um, yeah. you know, we go back to the basics. If you can't do the basics, you got a problem. Yeah. Now, other teams, um, it depends. You know, sometimes you just you can't account for why there's an offensive explosion. I mean, last night, I, I, I want to check out the Ravens' offensive line. The Ravens' offensive line doesn't – I, from what I've seen, it's not you know anything incredible. What you got is an incredible running right. quarterback in Lamar Jackson and some of the other backs. J.K. Dobbins is very good, and, and uh, Mark Ingram is very good. Cleveland runs the ball go, yeah. effectively. Yeah, they do. Um, so you know that's a high priority. But you know you've not seen that offensive explosions by Cleveland as much as you know last night. I guess. There was what, 42 points. Yeah. But it's not like, uh, well, what happened when the Steelers beat them 38 to 7 a while yeah. back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's football. You know, and uh, we're going to we're gonna focus on running the ball. Well, hopefully we do. Yeah. Again, I would like to go back to the elements that, to me, um, could really help. And I think a fullback, yeah. I think Derek Watt, I think Derek Watt gouging out some of those smaller linebackers. If you can get them in the second yeah. level, you know, you got the nice double team, you come with an ISO lead and you come straight up and let 
Derek Watt have a go at some of these 6'2", 235 inside linebackers. Wow. They're yeah. not that big. Yeah. You know, they're no bigger than our day. Yeah. You know, the only thing different is you got more 300-pounders right. than in on our day. On the offensive line, on the defensive exactly. line. Exactly. And, and, and it's not even the, the, the pass rushers on the outside. They're still the same size. Right. It's the guys on the inside. 250, 260. Yeah. You still got those guys that are 340 pounds on the inside right. that are pachyderms. Okay, you got those. That's a difference. I get it. No problem. Uh, but, you know, it's not like we didn't play against them. We did. You yeah. know, it's just you have to adjust and you got to be able to block them and you got to do the things necessary you got to do. And you hope that somebody like three, the 375 pound fridge, William Perry, doesn't fall on you. Right. Because you remember when he fell on Ray, Ray Penny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he separated Ray's shoulder. <laughs> All right. Are, are we done with calls? Yeah. Okay. Well, then the next part I want to talk to you about and what I was looking at was taking a look at the schedule there. And the fact is, Right now, the Steelers have uh, three remaining games. Now, we're at the 2-10-1 Cincinnati Bungles. Then we're home against 9-4 and four Indy. And then we're at 9-4 and four Cleveland. Right. Um, and I, you look at this, and to me, this game coming up, that being Cincy, yeah. right, that's the best opportunity for the Steelers right now right. to get after it. I mean, obviously, by the just their, their records, um, you know, this is a, this is a nice, uh, nice place to get started. But... What do you think they're doing in Cincinnati when they see the Steelers coming off of two losses? Yeah, uh, well, they're they're not uh, playing barrel. They're not playing barrel. Barrel? Yeah, barrel. Well, no, Burroughs. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, Joe Burroughs isn't playing. Joe Burroughs is right. not playing. He's out, and that's unfortunate for them. Uh, certainly for us, that's not a bad deal. Right. But the fact of the matter is I would think for Cincinnati – if you're in that position, one of the things you want to do is you want to bring the pit of misery to right. those where uh, you're going to play against. And the best way you can end a, a, a really bad season, uh, not end, but, that, you know, there, there's something to be said. If you can make somebody else miserable, yeah. let's go into the playoffs. Yeah. And that's that would be a great win for them. Well, Cincinnati. you know, when we beat uh, uh, Houston down in the Astrodome. That uh, was the pit I, of misery. Yeah, I, I, I was uh, uh, talking to – Robert Lyles, I go. You're gonna be a. You're gonna. You're gonna uh, be. Uh, uh, How does it feel? Remember, you're gonna be a. Uh, you're gonna the eliminate Fliff. But the problem was they didn't. Yeah, yeah they, <laughs> they won. It was great trash talking yeah, at yeah. the moment. You really yeah. got after them. Yeah. But then they turned around. And they made it into the playoffs. Yeah, so. that's it. But the point is. You know, for Cincinnati, they're looking forward. I would think. I would think you're looking forward to having a go, yeah. the Steelers, because that's the one, one of the pelts on the wall that'll make you feel better yeah. about a lousy year. Yeah. You know, and if you can dilly dilly pit of misery the Steelers in Cincinnati, that would do a lot to um, salvaging some sort of, I don't know, you know, retribution for a lot having suffered a lousy season there. Yeah. And of course, if you're the Steelers, I'm looking at that. I'm going, okay, that just might be just what the doctor ordered to get right. yourself right. back on a win track here. Um, I don't, I don't see why. You know, there's nothing different about Cleveland. Right. Basically, they're playing better. Yeah. All right, but it's still the basic. Baker team. Mayfield's playing better. Absolutely, he's playing better. But it's still the team that you went in and, and put a whooping on, thirty-eight to seven. Right. And I think Nick Chubb was out, if I yeah. recall. And that's going to be a problem. But you know what? That's what you got to deal with as you head into uh, the playoffs. And that'll be, you know, for, for the Steelers, that's going to be a big game. So we're going to uh, 
pass it to the Mike Tomlin press conference. At some point in time. We'll be back yeah. after this break to yeah. uh, guide you into the Mike Tomlin press right. conference. And we certainly want to find out. What, what the, the injuries. Absolutely. Number one, and I, I, I really want to know about Alex Heisman. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. I want to so. know about Alex We ready to go to break now? Yeah. Okay, so let's take it to break, Chaluch. Brother, we'll be back, back after, after this. this. He's Wolf. I'm Twitch. You're in a locker room. <laughs> 